You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell begins his new series on success. In this first part, he asks his radio audience, are you too busy to be successful? And is your mind so focused on the future and or the past that for you it has become impossible for you to live in the moment? Let's join the conversation. Well, I'm going to start this evening off with a quote and the quote is by Alfred Monaparte and I've I've shared it on the show before and I'm going to share it again and the quote is begin quote do not confuse motion and progress a rocking horse keeps moving but does not make any progress and then there's a a real simple quote by David Gergen the uh, former analyst and media personality, and he simply says, motion is not progress. And I got to tell you, over the last couple of months, the most common reply that I've received when I ask someone, hey, how are things going, is the word busy. Busy, busy, busy. And I'll tell you, this holds true for I mean, just about everyone I come in contact with, whether it's a, a coworker, whether it's, you know, someone from my family or friends, everyone is so busy. And being that we're all so busy, I ask, are you busy making definite and meaningful progress? Because I'll tell you, I've got a hunch that meaningless progress is a serious waste of all of our precious time these days. And so that leads me into tonight's topic, all right? And tonight's topic is simply success, success. And I'm actually going to be standing or sitting on this particular topic of success for the remainder of the year because I think that with 2015 right around the corner, this is the very last weekend in November come Monday We will be well within to December, which is the last month of the year. And so the year is wrapping up. And I really want us to begin to think about, you know, the things that we've done well and why we did them well. And then also begin to think about the things that we didn't do so well, the goals that we didn't hit, the aspirations that never really seemed to make it off the runway, the dreams that still haven't materialized. And I'm sure that some of those things we've said to ourselves, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this happen in 2014. And maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But I think the opportunity over the next month would be to really begin asking ourselves if it did. What are the specific things that I took on that helped me be successful? And if I didn't, then what are some of the specific things that I did not do or again did? that made it so that I was unsuccessful. And so tonight's topic is success. And the questions that I'm asking tonight are, number one, 
Are you too busy to be successful? Are you too busy to be successful? And I think you get what I mean by that question, right? Just constantly running, you know, uh, or you know, the hamster in a wheel type of analogy where, you know, you're moving, you're constantly in motion, but you are not making progress. And you know who you are. Like when, when, when I'm saying this, like I'm, I'm sure it's resonating with someone to say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I've been busy. I, I've been running. I'm exhausted. And I have not had the opportunity to really, really get the traction that I would like to make. Too busy to be successful. And then the second one, the second question is, is your mind so focused on the future and or the past that for you it has become impossible to live in the moment? And you might say, Linnell, what does that have to do with success? Well, has everything to do with success because the person that can truly live and capture their life in the moment has captured what I believe it really means to succeed, to be right there in the moment and to be able to enjoy every nanosecond of that moment that we are given when we experience it. So that's the topic tonight. And I'll tell you, I believe this topic is for everyone. Because I don't care how successful you get. And when I say successful, however you may measure that, right? Home, car, money, job, however you go about measuring that, however successful you are, getting busy and busy distracting you from what's really important will always be a part of the continued journey. I mean, we'll always be you know, evaluating our actions, evaluating our our milestones and then basically measuring those against uh, what we're really doing. And what I mean by that is, you know, the actions, the goals, the milestones that you have in your life, that is really where our effort should be. But often I think we find that our effort really isn't there. It's more so and what I call surviving. And, and, and uh, I think maybe about two months ago, I talked quite a bit about the difference between thriving and surviving. And while surviving is not the, you know, the way that you want to go about being successful. So how have you developed this area, this area of really understanding what it takes to be able to focus on what's necessary and step out of the busyness that distracts us from our own success. How have you developed this area? And the second question I have for you is, when have you seen the propensity to be too busy actually become a mistake in your past? So those of you who've actually lived this out, you, you see how you've made the mistake. I would love for you, if, if you're willing, to uh, share with us and help us understand how you were able to distinguish whatever it was that had you caught up and also, how were you able to stop it? I've shared this before, and typically I share this quite often when we get towards the end and the beginning of the year. But when you set that audacious goal, you have that new uh, milestone that you want to hit. It's extremely important that you figure out what you're going to stop doing, where you can take that goal, you can take that dream or that aspiration itself, and begin doing it. So something else has to stop because for the most part, I believe that uh, our waking time, most of us have figured out how to fill that up.
And before I, I start to talk about, you know, are you too busy to be successful? I'm going to take a phone call from Angel. Angel's from the south side of Chicago. Angel, you are on the air with Linnell Harris. How are you? Well, I am very thrilled and tinkle, uh, Brother Lanaya. Uh, with correction, I'm from uh, Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. And I do want to thank Brother Zach for, you know, he's always accommodating to me. And I want to thank you for your very uh, profound program. So this is my first time ever calling you. Oh, okay. Well, welcome. Thank you. And I find your question quite interesting tonight, and I was intrigued to call you because of you asked about the measurement of success, right? Right, right. So I, I was dealing with that on, a, on an individual level, and I said, well, I want to escape that one. I want to ask you, based on what would be the definition collectively of what success means, how can, you, how can we apply that on a community level of success if our community reflects failure? Mm. Because I have this obsession for the Lanaya, and I need help with it because trying to get the community to see how we need independency in this country in terms of a nation within a nation, and I don't take measures for no success, but I, I'm just, I don't mean to be rumbling on, but did you get any insight of what I'm asking no, you no, about? No, 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 I do, I do, I do. Uh, you so know, I want to I, I ease the side, not, well, right. not to get off your subject, take it with me, but I want to see, can, you know, to provoke the community's consciousness. Right, right. Well, okay. absolutely. Thanks so much. I appreciate the phone call and You're the question. You're quite welcome. Yep. All right. You know, success for the community. I'm, I'm guessing, Angel, that you, when you speak of community, you're talking about the African-American community. And I, it's a great question because I think often we, we measure success on a very individual level. If not the individual level, we look at it from a, a teaming aspect, family, uh, friends, et cetera. And I don't think often enough we look at success from a community perspective. I think we look at failure from a community perspective often, <laughs> but not necessarily success. My answer is uh, simple but complex. I firmly believe that success in our community is rooted in our ability to unify, to unify completely and unify in a way where it's okay to disagree. It's okay if I have a different perspective. It's okay if how I may want to go about doing something may be slightly different from you. But understanding that, you know, ultimately the goal that we all are looking to achieve, the intended result is the same. My objective may be different. My measurements may be different. But the intended result is for the betterment of our community. Therefore, I am willing to support you. I am willing to lift you up in any way that I can. And often I think what we find is, you know, we compete. Uh, we don't necessarily want to see someone do better than us or uh, excel when, you know, it's, it's quite the opposite. If I excel, you excel. If I'm able to rise, then maybe I can lift you up. And it's, it's part of it is trusting that that is what's going to be done and forgiving when it's not and just looking to support those who are really pushing forward. I mean, like the young people who were in the studio with Salim a bit earlier, just phenomenal young people who need our support. So I think that's my answer. Hopefully that answers the question for you, Angel, in regards to success for our community. Now, I, you know, <laughs> as a life coach, often I'm more so focused on personal 
success. And what I find, there's a parallel to when you think about community and you think about personal. Typically, one of the reasons why when I work with clients, they're not successful is some, some kind of way they're operating on top of a breakdown. And what I, what I mean by a breakdown is uh, there's something in their life, life that is out of integrity with what they really want it to be. Not integrity in a sense of, you know, righteousness, external righteousness, but internal um, righteousness. Meaning, I, Linnell, I intend to be a certain type of man. I intend to bring a certain type of characteristic or quality forward when I step into a room. And I'm unable to do that based on the fact that I have not disciplined myself properly or my vices have control of me, whatever it may be, right? And so when you think about individual success, that's what I mean operating on top of a breakdown. Like typically someone's operating on top of some type of breakdown, and that's where a coach can be extremely effective. Now let's take that to community, right? That was individual success. If we take that to community, I think the fundamental breakdown is division. It's division and it's lack of trust, and just not being willing to to unify in regards to the intended result overall, which is the empowerment of our community versus getting caught up in the particulars and the details of how we may go about it. For instance, if you if you think about any milestone that you have typically or go typically in order to get to the milestone itself, there's a certain set of action plans or critical success factors that you have to take on. And often I believe that we get caught in the area of critical success factor, like, well, that's not the right one, or I disagree with that. And we spend so much time there, we never reach the milestones. So, and I'll tell you, I know there's been a lot of conversation on this lately, given, uh, you know, the recent verdict with Michael, Mike Brown and this isn't new. Unfortunately, it's not new. I mean, you got Oscar Grant back in 2009, right, in the Bay Area, where he was shot by a cop now that that cop was indicted. And I, I could keep going with different incidents. I think lately we've seen this trend of officers or individuals not being indicted. And so I did share my thoughts on the Mike Brown verdict. If you haven't had an opportunity to, to read it, I did post it to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page. So, you know, you can scroll down, you'll see it. And I think based on Angel's question, I'll read one excerpt from it. And I think this will give you an overall idea of, you know, how I feel about um, all of that. And then I'm going to switch back to tonight's topic. But I, I wanted to articulate my purpose overall, right? So why do I get on the air with inspirational perspective? And I shared this before, and I shared this in the short blurb I wrote, I wrote in regards to my thoughts on the Mike Brown verdict. And that is, my desire is to awaken the highly entertained members of our society from their sullen slumber of mental inertia. I want to shake us out of the hypnotizing comfort of our easily accessible entertainment and games that have left the vast majority of us appeased with mediocrity and willing to concede power and control of our thoughts Money, biases, opinions, prejudices, fears, and political preferences to the affluent minority. And then I went on to say that 
Apathy, in my opinion, is a, deg- a degenerative disease, and way too many of us carry the virus. And this is part of the reason we get, we get what we get. You know, the false starts and the continued violence, I believe, are ways that this disease of apathy continue to spread. And so I shared a lot more. And uh, if you if you want to see how I, I, you know, basically how I developed the thought, you can read it. But the last thing I'll share from that, and it's part of the point I made, but my point overall and my concern is that in some ways to me, it seems like every every single life does not matter. And I mean, every single life, it doesn't matter if the person's black. It doesn't matter if they're white. It doesn't matter if they're Asian or Hispanic. Every time somebody gets murdered in our communities, it should be outrageous. I mean, we should be we should be livid and besides ourselves. And, and, you know, it's tough to stop some of the domestic situations that happen. But when you just have rampant murder, you know, in our society today, in the 21st century, in a technically advanced society, in a country as great as ours is supposed to be. There's something wrong with that. There's something really, really wrong with that. And, um, you know, our community here in Chicago, we've got some staggering figures. And um, I'm not going to go into it, but since everything happened in Ferguson, we've had 155 of our own homicides. So, you know, I think you get my point. All right. Great question, man. She got me off on a on a whole nother tangent. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy that she called in and asked what she asked. All right. So tonight I wanted to talk about success. And the questions I'm asking, are you too busy to be successful? Taking it back to a very personal place. And is your mind so focused on the future and or the past that it is impossible to live in the present moment? So I think a great way to get in this into this is to talk about the community again, but to talk about the American community. Over the past few months, I've come across a number of articles outlining the financial plight of most Americans. And each time I finish reading one of these articles, I have to tell you, I become a bit more concerned about our overall financial well-being as a nation, okay? And this is the crazy part, as a nation, because when you begin to break down those same numbers for the African-American community, the situation is much more dire. So let me give you a brief synopsis of what I read. The first point I think that really jumped out to me, 43% of Americans don't have $10,000 in a savings account. 43%. So that's close to half of Americans don't have $10,000 in a savings account. So that, that was the first thing that caught my attention. The second thing that caught my attention was over 60% of Americans have not saved for retirement. Over 60% have not saved for retirement. All right. So, and the third one, I think was probably the most frightening and also the most realistic, like the one I could really believe. And that was 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 80%. 
paycheck to paycheck. And so 80% means that's a whole lot of us, right? Whole lot of us. 60% haven't saved for retirement means that that's over half of us listening, okay? And then 43% means that a little under half of us listening, we don't have $10,000 in the bank. Now, based on the numbers I just shared, you know, what I have to deduct is that this includes not just myself, but many of my listeners and people that you know, right? That means if you're sitting in a room with 10 people, eight of you guys are living paycheck to paycheck. And if these numbers don't include you, right, I'm sure that they include someone in your family or someone in your circle of friends. Either way, I guess my big question is, what's the plan? What's the plan? I mean, what's the plan to save more money? And what's the plan to create a stable retirement? And what's your plan to cut costs and reduce your expenses? And again, remember, like I know the intention is not to live this way, right? And every year we set uh, resolutions and goals. And I'm sure that, you know, one of these three have been, you know, uh, pinned down at the beginning of a year, if not 2014, maybe 2013, maybe 2012, where you said to yourself, I'm going to save more money. Or you, you, you thought, you know, I really need to begin focusing on my future. Or you said, you know, I just want to get to a point where I'm not waiting on the next check to hit my account. So nothing bounces. Maybe maybe that's just to go. Right. Or maybe there's somebody out there that's like, oh, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, keeping it real. Somebody might be like, wow, OK, there's a way not to live like that. What I'm saying is this. I want to know what your plan is to shift and change it. And I'm not talking about the plan in your head. I'm talking about the plan that you've produced with pen and paper, pen and paper. Because, again, these you know, what I shared is, you know, th- this is dire. This is not good. And, you know, a laptop or a tablet counts, too. OK, with the pen and paper. But I believe I speak for everyone on the planet when I say we all just want to be successful. But here's the deal. We all have wants, many of which we'll never have. And why? Why is that? Why? Why won't we have them? I'll tell you, we won't have them because wants are essentially just that. They're wants. I mean, so you can say you want something, but, you know, hey, I want a jet. (laughs) I want a a beautiful mansion. I mean, I want I would like to have more than one. (laughs) I want an Aston Martin DB9. I saw one the other day, too, man. (laughs) Nice. I mean, but I want, I mean, I got all kinds of stuff I want. But the deal is, wants don't materialize with wishful thinking. They materialize when we create clear, tangible goals, written milestones with distinct action plans. Now, yeah, I know. <laughs> Coming up with a clear goal, a written milestone and action plans actually take time. They do. I mean, you got to take time to do this. And you already barely have enough time as it is, given the hustle and bustle of your everyday life. 
Like I said, we all just want to be successful. Problem is, most of us are too busy, just too busy, to obtain our own individual definition of success. I'm going to let you marinate on that. And I'm not talking about my definition of success for you. I'm talking about what you want to do. You're too busy to do what you want to do. Like Marin on it. I mean, that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is most of us are too busy to obtain our own individual definition of success. And I got to tell you, it breaks my heart. It really does. And here's why. It breaks my heart because we won't slow down to create a plan. Like it's it's really not rocket science. I you know, I've been on the radio weekend after weekend after weekend and I share different stats and different ways to help you believe that what I'm saying is true. <laughs> I mean, I said it before. Earl Nightingale said that the difference between a person of mediocrity and one of success is two percent. It's you know, you are already working hard. So then it becomes what are you going to work hard at? You get the pick. Believe it or not. But we don't slow down to create a plan. I mean, think about that. I think I shared this before. You cannot work at any establishment without having some set goals. Like here is what you're going to accomplish during your time here for the next year or for the next quarter or for the next six months. But either way, you can't come in without having some goals like where you actually say, here is what you're going to do. I know the people that Work for me can't. And even as an entrepreneur, the people that support my businesses, when I'm writing a check to them, typically they say, hey, in the month of December, here is what you're paying for. <laughs> right. So there's a plan. That's all I'm saying. There's a plan. What's your December plan? I mean, do you have a plan for this month? Do you have a plan for 2015? Have you taken the time to create the plan? And then here's the second thing. Here's the second reason why it breaks my heart. We won't sacrifice today to create a better tomorrow. We won't sacrifice. We want to live, uh, you know, so high, you know, and on a level that we can't necessarily afford or, or really sustain. And as a result, we completely deplete any opportunity or possibilities that we can create for tomorrow. Zach is saying accountability. You know, that's probably what's lacking because, you know, I, I've shared it before. I'm the worst leader that I've ever had. <laughs> I'm the worst leader that I've ever had. And, and accountability is probably one of the number one reasons I have clients because people just need somebody to help them, you know, in, in regards to accountability. I know it's the main reason I have a coach. Anyway, those are the two reasons that because we're so busy We won't obtain our own individual definition of success. Those are the reasons that break my heart. Number one, we won't slow down to create a plan. And number two, we won't sacrifice today to create a better tomorrow. And here's the crazy thing. We won't have the opportunity to exit the hustle during what is supposed to be our golden years and definitely not sooner if we keep doing the same old stuff. I mean, ultimately, what happens is it leads to a life that we never intended to live. I'm sorry, but 
you know, I don't think any of us in some ways intend to live a life of scarcity or intend to live a life where you have to always worry about money or intend to live a life where you don't have the opportunity to live out your dreams and your goals. I don't think any of us intend to live that life, but the majority of us do. I mean, the richest place on earth is a cemetery. And I've shared that before. Books, songs, poems, all types of things buried in the ground with the people who intended to do something, intended to create something, but they just got caught. They were too busy. They were too busy to take on their own success. And then here's the thing. Somebody might be like, well, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't need any of it. And here's the deal. Eventually, We'll make ourselves believe we don't want those things that we used to want. (laughs) We'll literally make ourselves believe that that's not what I wanted anyway. They were unrealistic, right? That's unrealistic to think that I could drive a luxury car. That's unrealistic to think that I could own a home. And that's nuts. And I say it's, it's way wrong. It's way wrong because this is what I know. We all have a seed of greatness and we all have the capacity to make a tremendous impact wherever we are. We all have a gift. We all have a talent that is unique and special. And all we have to do is take the time to water that seed. All we have to do is just take the time to deliver that tremendous impact. And all we have to do is just invest the time into our gift or our talent. Don't be too busy to be successful because the world needs your gift. That's why you have it. The world needs your talent. We can use that talent. What I believe, and I firmly believe this, is when you live your dreams and you get your wants, we all win. Like when when you live your dream and you get you get everything that you want, we all win. There's enough to go around. <laughs> that goes back to my my comment earlier about community. I think sometimes we're afraid somebody going to get some of ours and so we don't support them. But there's more than enough to go around. It really is. Seven billion people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's more than enough. So. Do whatever it takes. Invest your time into living the best life possible. I mean, create a plan. Create a plan to save more money. Write it down. Like, what's the plan? And start, I mean, anything's a start. A dime, a dollar, you know, 50 bucks. Anything's a start. Create a plan to save more money. Create your plan for stable retirement. You know, hey, this YOLO, you only live once. Hey, you do only live once. And the worst thing that can happen is that you hit your golden years. And because you were screaming YOLO at 20 and 30, now you greeting people (laughs) at your favorite store. Y'all get what I'm saying. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And not that everybody made, you know, that anyone who's doing that made a mistake. I'm talking to. The young people out there, you know, so create a plan, create, you know, figure out how you're going to cut costs 
and reduce your expenses. Financial well-being is a huge part of living the best life possible. So please don't let it go neglected. And let me know how I can help. Let me know how I can help. (laughs) And remember, a huge part of that is staying inspired. (laughs) Hey, I wish sometimes y'all could be here, Zach. (laughs) Zach saying from YOLO to hello, welcome, welcome to Walmart. (laughs) Hey, real talk, man, it happens. You know, I was talking to my brother today and um, we were talking about, you know, how some people stunt, you know, you know, and stunting basically, you know, you're doing too much. You're doing more than what you can actually do. But the way I always looked at it is, why would I drive a nice vehicle when I'm young? I mean, like plush, you know what I'm saying? And I saw it, man, when I was in my early 20s. I mean, certain people had certain cars. And you like, man, like, whoa. And, you know, maybe all their money was going to that vehicle. They stayed in mom's basement. <laughs> and so they could afford an Escalade payment. <laughs> But why would you want to drive an Escalade when you, I mean, I mean, I get wanting to drive it when you're that young, but for me, it was more about being able to drive it when I got older, you know, when it, you know, when, when it's actually kind of nice to have a soft seat because, you know, your body hurt. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a different way of thinking, man. You know, instant gratification society, you know, we're more concerned about what feels good now, which is why we're too busy. You know, because it doesn't always feel good to sit down and, and, and write a plan out. All right. All right. Tonight's topic, success. Are you too busy to be successful? And then the other question I was asking is, is your mind so focused on the future and or the past that it's impossible to live in the moment? I. Uh, in regards to the second question. Some of us are always thinking ahead. You know, we we're calculating our next move. We're agonizing over the details of some strategic plan. And and then we carefully begin to execute on the critical success factors of the master plan that we've designed. And that's great. That's great. But sometimes we're so giving to executing with excellence that this plan is all we think about. Right. So I'm bringing some balance tonight, (laughs) you know, because that's that's really what this is about. So we're so focused on executing. All we can think about is the plan. And so we think about it every minute. We think about it every hour. We think about it every day. I mean, the plan and our worries about the plan consume us so completely that we miss a multitude of life's special moments. I mean, again, are you too busy to be successful? And again, remembering success is simply being able to live and enjoy the moment because that's all we have. And so we miss the fullness of moments like a simple toast with friends, you know, the sweet music that wine glasses make when they clink together. After, you know, the audible word cheers or whatever it is that you say, which is typically followed by smiles on the faces of each participant. And it's not that we're not present. I mean, our body is there, 
But our mind is so busy running through a checklist of to do's for a moment three months from now that we miss the remarkable beauty and the splendor of the moment that we're in. I mean, think about your Thanksgiving dinners. I I wonder how many of us were so caught up in what's happening outside our homes that we were unable to really enjoy our families. And then when they're gone, you know, that's the only thing we have are these moments, right? And it's like society has a way and the technology has a way of completely pulling at us in regards to where our attention should be. So on one hand, I am saying, hey, plan, create the plan. But on the other hand, I'm saying also live, live in the moment, you know, enjoy the moment. It's the simplicity of these moments that cause us not to pause. And it's the simplicity of these moments that that I think makes us not really understand how much we should relish them. Because in that moment, the law of change is completely exempt. I mean, think about that. In that moment, there things are the way they are and how they will be. Like, it can't change. And then the moment's gone. And so endeavor to take your good moments and be fully present in them. Um, Live on the high of the good that can be captured in a moment. Because when the uncontrollables deal us a bad hand for a moment, there is something about having maximized the good moments that lifts us out of the heaviness and, and somehow cuts the anguish. And I really want to share this this evening because we're, we're heading into the holiday season, right? We just finished up with Thanksgiving. And December typically creates for many of us lots of moments, right? We're ending 2014. We're going into 2015. And once the start of December begins, we have 31 days. We got 31 days. And within those days, we have the hours, minutes, and seconds of those days. We have those moments. And so what are you going to do to really enjoy the moment? And I get the plan is necessary. I just got done talking about the plan and how sometimes we don't plan. But it's also critical for creating and controlling the type of moments we want to have. So that's why we have to have it. That's why we have to have the plan. So just be sure to enjoy the moments you've planned. Be present, body and mind for your moments, even when the spontaneity of life and its unpredictable winds try to blow your mind away from the moment. You know, there's a quote by Corita Kent, and she says, life is a, a succession of moments to live each one is to succeed. And, you know, obviously I like this quote because I say living in the moment is, you know, how you get success. But I think it's it's time to jazz it up for the 21st century if we can. So how's this? Life is a procession of many fleeting moments. You are the conductor. Be present for your own parade. (laughs) Be present for your own parade. And so to end this evening, I want to end on a a self-care note and us being so busy, (laughs) so busy. And I think the best way to sum it all up is to kind of use the analogy of a car, because I think most of us own a car and most of us are also guilty of sometimes ignoring the needs of our vehicle, (laughs) hoping that the car can make it just one more week. And so as much as we hate to see this light, this check engine light come on, 
have you ever thought about how nice it is to have a warning? I mean, and it, it's normal not to like the light when it comes on, but it's also kind of nice to have a warning. And after we depend on our automobile as a, as a mode of transportation to get us from point A to point B, the expectations we have for our cars, I think, are sometimes terribly unrealistic. I mean, the investment we made warrants our expectation that the vehicle does exactly what we bought it to do, right? Which is take us places on demand with no mishap or miscue. And we also know that our vehicles will need maintenance to keep performing up to par. Yet, knowing is only half the battle because when the engine icon is on your dashboard and it lights up, most of us will still greet the car's plea for some tender loving care by rolling our eyes or releasing a disapproving grunt. And I'll tell you, if cars had ears, I wonder what, what would that message be? And, you know, I would imagine that it would be something like, how dare you ask me for something? I'm the only one that gets to do all the asking. Where do you expect me to find the time, okay, the time again, and the money to help you? I have to go to A so I can get to B, right? I mean, if, if a car had ears, that's what it would sound like. And it sounds kind of selfish and unreasonable when it's stated like that, right? But the scary thing is we don't just do this to our cars. We do this to ourselves. Many of our physical well-being check engine lights are on. Many of our mental well-being check engine lights are on. Many of our financial well-being check engine lights are on. And many of our spiritual well-being check engine lights are on. Many of our emotional well-being check engine lights are on. And many of our relationship check engine lights are on. You are in need of some serious, tender, loving care and overall well-being maintenance. But often you're too worried about getting from point A to point B to stop and take care of your most precious commodity. And that's yourself. If I were an engine, what kind of engine would I be? And this is a question I ask myself often. And I want you to ask yourself, if you were an engine, what kind of engine would you be? Would you be a four-cylinder engine trying to run on three cylinders? I mean, and sorry, ladies who don't know what cylinders are. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys, as an ontological coach, I see this type of behavior all too often. I encounter people everywhere who so desperately need a tune-up. They need a tune-up in life, but refuse to invest the time in getting the help they need. They refuse to stop because it would slow them down and they feel like they're already so far behind. And the problem is, that's what happens when you try driving and pushing a four-cylinder engine that's running on two or three cylinders. And what's worse is living that way will almost always create a total breakdown to halt the slow progress altogether. My point is this. Don't wait for the things in your life to completely break down and stop. If your well-being engine light is on, take the time to give yourself some TLC. If it makes sense to stop and maintain an automobile, then it's got to make sense to do much more 
and the same for yourself because there's no replacing you. So this week, as we step out of the holiday season and we we go back into the work week and we venture into the last month of 2014, take the time to notice that engine light and address what needs to be maintained in your life. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.